Sartre a Mistro Bean Hazarta. A dear I'm drawing a line in the fucking sand here. Do not read the Latin. Read it. Hi, welcome to Don't Read the Latin. I'm Jennifer Lovely, and today my wonderful guest is... Michelle Naskai. Hi. <laughs> um, trying to get in the habit of doing this. My pronouns are she, her. Uh, Michelle, what are your pronouns? Him, her, they, them. Yeah, all over? Wonderful. All over. Thank I'm you. Gender fluid, so. Oh, fantastic. Um, so, Michelle, what have you seen recently that you've really liked or that you want to talk about? Uh, oh, recently? Yeah. Um, hmm. Well, I just watched uh, The Babysitter, uh, the, the sequel. The sequel? I, the first yeah. one was a lot of fun. I haven't seen the sequel I, yet. I actually really enjoyed the sequel. Um, I like how they tackled uh, a lot of the topics and they did it in such a way that um, it was, it was fun. It was fun. And I usually don't get into shows that hype up uh, teen teenagers and sexuality, but honestly they did it in such a way where it was like, reminiscent of when you were a teenager you know what I mean but yeah. it wasn't like weird or creepy or voyeuristic it was just it was good it was so good and Samara Weaving was amazing in it so I was really surprised at um how much I really liked the very first one and I liked how it turned some of the tropes on its ear and I'm not I'm not a big comedy fan and it really oh, made really? me laugh a lot yeah no I'm just I'm it takes a special one to like really thrill me. And that one just made me happy. The first one made me happy. I'm looking forward to seeing the second one. Um, uh, but speaking of horror comedies, it was funny because before we started recording, I was talking about that my daughter is starting to get interested in horror. And so I'm kind mm -hmm. of searching out some more kind of PG, PG 13 horror um, and trying to find things. We've shoulder poltergeist, uh, you know, the movie that scarred, <laughs> scarred a generation <laughs> i have a couple of friends who saw it way too young and uh they were like oh my god what are you doing how could you show that to her and she was like no it's fine uh, but we just watched happy death day uh which i find to be I an endearing happy death day it's such a fun sweet movie and she uh she really enjoyed it it's so it's like, like go ahead you know, the Critters franchise is fun. I would strongly favorite that one. That is a favorite of mine. Like the first mm -hmm. two I, I really loved. And I, and I had a huge crush on Terrence Mann, who played uh, the head bounty hunter. Oh, did you? Mm, Johnny Steele. Yeah. <laughs> Swear to God, I probably hit puberty <laughs> like when, <laughs> when he showed up on screen. I was like, yes. <laughs> Um, oh, boys. 
I know boys <laughs> and girls. It's wonderful. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I've it, been going back. Oh, go ahead. No, please. I want to hear more what you have to say. Oh, oh, I, I've been going back um, and watching movies with my family. And I'm all like, oh, yeah, we're going to watch this movie. And then I'm realizing, like, as we're watching these, because I watched them, you know, when I was very little, like, up uh-huh. watching horror movies, like, from three years old on. And uh, it's, it's kind of funny, because as we're watching, like, wow, I just realized this is one of those, I'm super gay moments, or <laughs> boys moments. Yes. You know, it's. It, it's kind of amazing um, re-watching them because it's like, oh, thank you so much for leading my way. Yeah, they, so. they really become a part of who you are in, in helping shape you. Book, books and movies, man. I didn't have, I like, I didn't have Art. friends. But yeah, no books. I didn't really have that many friends growing up. So books and movies were kind of my formative everything for like creating the person I am today. Um, Uh, And stuff that I've watched, so we watched that with Tekla, um, and I look off to the side because I've got my list over here. Um, In Jen's Jen's Documentary documentary Corner, because I have a Jen's Jen's Documentary Corner, because I'm a big junkie for documentaries, I rewatched The Celluloid Closet. Um, It's been really... I I remember having the book before I saw the documentary, and um, it's funny because I've always identified as, is well, you know, I identified for bi for years until like all of a sudden pansexual came up and I was like, yes, okay, this, this hat fits. I like this. Um, and, but my daughter just came out to me. Um, she came out as a lesbian. And so I've really been working hard on um, trying to find media where she'll feel represented. And so it's like, I'm kind of going back to my old docs and my old books to try and find things. And it's really hitting me how little lesbian media there is like how few, well, at least for a youthful audience. Um, there's, yeah, there's, there's so much gay, young gay men. Hypersexual. Yeah. And, or, or it's like tragedy porn. Where yeah. it's like, oh, they're, you know what I mean? And, and I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, you know, I, I'm pretty over watching any of the tragedy porn stuff. Like, yeah. show me people across the gamut who are living their best lives. Or and don't have not the, like, yeah, and don't, don't have the final episode, is. them coming to grips with their sexuality where the show, the show stops right then. Like, let them exist in their lives yeah. gay. Let them not die gay. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. If, if you're gay, you're dead. Exactly. <laughs> Sorry, it's a death sentence. Yeah. <laughs> um, good about that. Yeah. Um, like they, like they're really hitting with like the timeline of, you know, they're not shying away from things that happened. But what, what is this? Because I missed the title. Glow. Oh, it's oh, not glow. horror. No, that's but glow's wonderful. I've seen the very glow. first season, but I haven't watched past that. Oh, it's so good. It's oh. so good. And I'm going to have to check it yeah. out. Yeah. Um, the other things I've seen lately is I gave Lake Mungo a rewatch because it's just, it's one of those underrated horror movies that I like to revisit every once in a while. Um, and yeah. um, of fresh stuff. And I did not silence my phone because my phone, I'm terrible. 
Um, the new movie that I've seen, I saw Antebellum, which is the Janelle Monet um, movie that just came that out. One. It only re- it only released like last Friday, and it's that twenty dollar rental, which can be kind of rough for some people. And that's a lot of money, but as a parent, like I can't go to the theater for you know. It's like if I'm going to go to the theater, it's going to be it's going to definitely be over twenty dollars to do so. So it's like I can kind of see four specific films paying that twenty dollar rental fee. Um, I really liked it. I didn't love it. Um, and it, it certainly wasn't due to bad acting. All the acting was really fantastic. It just, I kind of wanted it just to be a little tiny bit better than it was, but it was pretty good. I really, I did enjoy it. Um, and the other one that I saw that was really, really tense was a movie that's been, I've been hearing other people talk about it. It's called she dies tomorrow. And it's this neat, it's, it's, almost kind of surreal. This woman wakes up and she starts telling everybody, she goes, I think I'm going to, I, I know I'm going to die tomorrow. And it almost seems viral that whoever she tells they're going to die tomorrow, that they start feeling the same way and panicking and saying that they also are going to die. And it's, it's less of a beginning story end movie and more of a exploration of everybody feeling very anxious and a a large amount of stress. So it's, it's really well done, but if kind of slow burn anxiety horror movies aren't your bag, you probably won't like it very much, but I thought it was really fantastic. So was there anything else that you've seen lately that's been making you happy or you've been revisiting? Uh, I just revisited Night of the Demons 1 and 2, uh, the originals. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, I actually, um, it, it was just, it was time, and um, I actually got sent the steel book for the first one. Oh, nice. And I was, oh, I was so excited. And then, <laughs> so I was like, we have to watch it. Of course, I didn't open the steel book, and we watched it on streaming, because it's right there (laughs) I haven't stopped it I'm like I must have this movie but I'm not going to open it because it's available on streaming and so I have at that time when it isn't available on streaming you'll have it right there and that is the wonderful thing about physical media (laughs) exactly excuse my nails they've got ripped up nail polish on them but um uh, yeah, no, it's, uh, I like to collect physical media in Me general, too. because what if something happens? And I'm sorry, but if like a zombie apocalypse happens, you bet your sweet ass, I'm going to get all the car batteries and I'm going to set it up so I can watch movies in my exactly. room. Yes. So, yeah. You know. and, and then, you know, I mean, the thing is, is it can, it can lose things where it's not available on any streaming media or, you know, you run into things where things are altered. Um, and they, they change films and you're like, and you're stuck if you don't already own it. (laughs) Yeah. I have, oh, go on. No, No, you go on. Um, I literally own Japanese laser discs of the first three Star Wars movies because I want to see them how I saw them as a kid. Without all the editing and everything. Yeah, without all the slapstick and, and I want to see Han shoot first because that's what scoundrels do right i don't know why they changed that you know sometimes when people are given like way too much technology 
<laughs> they just this is how I meant for the movie to look yeah. like no, maybe just, in your brain, but <laughs> I don't so, know. I would like you to tell me what was your formative horror film. Formative, um, formative. Uh, there's a lot of them, but uh, one of the ones that I, I know we mm-hmm. plan to speak about today was Cemetery Man. So how, how did you see Cemetery Man and like what happened when you saw it? Okay, so uh, most of, if, if my horror intake didn't come from my Uncle Johnny, uh, it came from um, Canadian television. So Canadian TV at night, it doesn't do it anymore, you know, um, but they used to play horror movies. And I'm talking like, all the curse words and all the boobs and all the butts. Like, they didn't edit anything. And I was there for it every single time I would sneak up and just watch. And, like, I I saw Red-Blooded American Girl on Canadian TV. So much boobies. And I was obsessed. I was just like, yeah. (laughs) So, So when Cemetery Man came on, I like I wasn't sure if I was watching a porno because I'm very little, you know, but I'm obsessed. I'm obsessed with the lead actress because oh my gosh, so pretty. She's beautiful. And, like, oh my gosh, she's beautiful. It's I especially appreciate like I maybe this says a little too much about me, but when she meets the cemetery man and she's burying her husband and she's like, Hey, let's go do it on his grave. It was like fireworks in my brain. And I was like, this is the woman for me. This is, this is my type of lady. Like, okay. What, yeah, that might so be saying. I was actually pretty excited because I've never seen it. Because like I said, I'm not, not a really big horror comedy person. Um, and it's just one of those movies I always meant to see. And so I actually had a physical disc, an old DVD disc of it, because it was one of those, I'm like, I know I'm going to eventually want to watch this. I just don't know when that time's going to be right to do it. And um, so giving me the excuse to finally watch it made my day. So thank you. Um, it's for... <laughs> it's hilarious. It, it's, it, it is funny. It's not exactly my jam, but it is really funny. There's some really funny parts, but what blows my mind is how beautiful that movie is. Like, even when the effects are fairly low budget, they're, I can't even think of the right word, but they're, they're magical. It's they're, a beautiful film, like, aesthetically. Oh, my God. They took so much time with the lighting, and when they use the air machines, uh, like... I just, I love that movie so much. And, and the thing that really got me with it is that it is, it really is a movie to a specific set of people. I love that it's not a movie for everyone, that the humor is a little surreal and that it's teaching me. (laughs) Oh my God. The old girlfriend and the dead teenage boy. Oh, And, and he uh, gets on his motorbike and they like ride off. Yeah. <laughs> he can't um, stop rubbing love. And his, I love his assistant at the, and 
<laughs> and his love with the girl's head. Yes. Yes. She goes, or I'm not he, much. Like, finds her multiple times. Like, it turns into, like, this surreal David Lynch type piece. It really, really does. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> beautiful. It's, it's, I love Italian horror in general, you know? And uh, it's, by the time I saw Cemetery Man, I was already in love with Suspiria. So, so did, was that kind of a gateway for you to, like, exploring more Italian horror? Suspiria? Yeah. No, Sister of Ursula was. Oh. Yeah. Canadian TV, I'm telling you. It, <laughs> it, <laughs> um, oh, man. But it's uh, Sister of Ursula and Suspiria. Uh, I think ultimately what really drew my eye, a lot of films that drew my eye, especially at a young age, had these dynamic femme characters. That yes. you literally, when they were on the screen, you could not take your eyes off of them. And, you know, a Cemetery Man definitely has that in spades. And uh, Sister of Ursula and Suspiria, they both have Barbara Mignolfi. And, um, oh my gosh, I, I grew up just completely enamored with her. Um, she's, it, you know, it, it's, it, it definitely was my gateway drug. And it's the reason why it was such a big deal to me to someday work with her and oh my yeah and then uh she was in my film mother's day which is featured in horrors of the pnw volume six. Oh wow yeah it, it was it was exciting and uh we met a couple of times being guests at the same conventions and the first time i met her i was so shy i felt like just a lost little kitten. Like I was fine. I was in my element. And then there she was and she was just talking to me. And I was just like, I don't know what to do. <laughs> so, <laughs> but we ended up becoming friends and it's, Aww. it's really cool. Yeah. It's, um, is it all, all of the work that has influenced me the most, they tend to have dynamic femmes at the front of them. It's, it's really funny because I, I pull the my age card all the time and mm. there's a really, there's a really great uh, documentary um, and I'm always going to cite back to documentaries because I watch a lot of documentaries. I watch horror and documentaries and old war films um, called My Voyage to Italy where our Scorsese talks about how when he was a kid, uh, there used to be this public access channel in New York. Um, that just showed early Italian film, like the original kind of cinema verite kind of stuff. And, um, and it's funny because like when I was a kid, like we couldn't get cable on our road. So, you know, when I was a kid, you had the news and then they'd show, they'd show an afternoon movie. And then after the news at night, they'd show the news at 10 and then at 1030, they'd show just strange ass movies. And, and that was how I got to see a lot of the old black exploitation movies. That's how I, and, and that was where I saw like, it's alive. Um, and I got to see a lot of like, alive. it's alive. Sorry. Yes. And it's, <laughs> and, and honestly, in, in those kind of things being on like public access, you catching that Canadian station, you know, it's so funny because my daughter will come up to me and she's got the entire internet's worth of film available to her on multiple platforms. And 
you know, three million stations. We had, I had like two stations growing up. And she's like, oh, there's nothing to watch. Like, I don't know what to watch. I'm just going to watch the one TV show that I watched over and over again. I'm just going to watch it again. And there was something to be said for having these little obscure, like, means to get media that you kind of had no choice because there weren't that many other things there's to watch. But, yeah. but, I mean, if it were arty enough or if it were strange enough, it, like, sent you down these pathways to, like, loving film in this really special way. That I, I, and it's like, I don't think that it's better to have less, but I think when you're, when you're left fewer options, like you're going to take that risk on a film that you're like, might not be ready for. And then you mm. fall in love with it. And, and I, I almost wish I could like kind of wipe all the media away for her sometimes so that she could find something that really like drove her instead of like this onslaught of like really kind of boring media. You know. you know what's a really fun movie? Yes. I don't know if you should show it to her or not, but <laughs> I think maybe you should. Flesh-eating mothers. It's awful as an adult, but I still love it. <laughs> but I, it, I saw it on Canadian television, and this is about the point. I was living with my mother at the time, right? And we lived uh, right on the border of Canada. And um, we didn't have cable, so, it, you know, this was my ritual when I was there I'd sneak up at night and watch those movies and uh, there's this scene where it, it took it further than Pet Cemetery did right and like Ooh. Oh. I was little so it was like a really big deal like there's you know there's this uh, like an STD plague that is uh, I just looked it up because I've doctors. never seen flesh-eating mothers so I'm like what is this oh, yeah there's this scene and it involves eating a baby and like it shook me to my core i was very little okay but it that whole movie is worth watching just for that scene it will fuck you up uh, especially if you're a little kid especially if your mother is wearing one of those peel off green kind of face masks oh even better clock in the morning and you think you're awake and all alone and the next thing you know your mother pops Michelle what are you doing awake and you're like, oh my God! like I screamed to the top of my lungs and I was literally afraid that my mom was a zombie and that she was going to eat me so that maybe oh, danger I mean speaking part. as a mother I might it's not <laughs> off the table yet <laughs> a modest proposal you never know exactly Oh my gosh, I love how many things it led us to. So, on that note, what is your modern horror that reminded you why you love film and why you love horror films? Dead. Undead, undead, undead. I swear oh. to God, I think I teared up when you said that you loved undead because I, I don't like horror comedies, and but there is something that sweet spot that Aussie, like, horror movies, Aussie and New Zealand horror movies have this fucking weirdness to them that is so just absolutely fucking wonderful. So how did you see it? When did you see it for the first time? And oh, look at that. Did you? Oh, <laughs> it's, I collect zombie movies in particular. Mm -hmm. And so uh, this I was part of my haul for, um, I also got Flight of the Living Dead and Zombie Honeymoon. Um, 
zombie honeymoon's kind of hard to find, and undead was actually pretty hard to find one that was under the cost of like fifty bucks. Yeah, you know, it, it's it's really interesting because I it, there's they're underrated. The filmmakers, uh, I don't know anything about their personal lives, but judging from their work that I have watched and enjoyed and fallen in love with. Um, it's great that they're cult classics and that they are able to charge so much for them, but it kind of seems like we should probably be giving the filmmakers a chance to make more movies. Yeah. We're going to do that. But, you know, um, what I really, I, I, I found undead, uh, at a video store and, you know, it's, I, I watch zombie movies indiscriminately like indiscriminately. I have a movie called Zombies Ends with a Z. It is it has a couple of good moments, but overall nobody ever wants to watch it with me. So <laughs> I can't so, understand why. <laughs> it, it, it has its moments. I, you know, um, I don't know that I've ever looked at everything else they did, but they did Predestination, they did Daybreakers. Uh they did Daybreakers Winchester, Daybreakers. which I wasn't I wasn't terribly fond of. Wait, they did Winchester? Yeah. Yeah. What? Yeah. Okay. Things I didn't know until now. Well, then I no longer have to advocate for them to be successful because they are doing very well. Good they for are. Them. I'd love to see them continue to make things because they've made Same. some stuff that I really loved. No, um, this movie just charmed me because it's just utterly ridiculous. It was really funny because... I got it back in the day. I rented it. Um, I, I watched it via when Netflix and then Netflix does still send out discs. I just don't know anybody who still uses that capacity of Netflix any longer, but I got it. Um, and I have no idea why I did, but I did. And I called it, I called him uh, Neo in the Dell because like <laughs> that, the character who he like literally defies the laws of physics he does in, in his overalls and his little hat. And 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 the fucking zombie fish. He's so cute. Oh my god, he, that's like literally what sold me horrible. over. It was like watching anime, and I really love like. I'm gonna assume that it wasn't an attempt to jab. I'm. I've always been of the opinion that like they're just like they're giving us a different kind of superhero. Mm -hmm. If it makes any sense. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I I, I loved it. I loved just seeing him kick so much ass and then seeing her, like, I mean, she's literally on the cover. Like this is, it's more her movie than anything. Yeah. Cause she's the uh, fish queen. She is. It's I, I, oh. <laughs> I still, the, the, the line I'm, I'm trying to see if I can find it. The, the line where he's like, you've got to ask yourself fish queen. Are you, are you going to fight? Or are you going to be zombie food? And I was just like, Yes. Yes, make her fight for her life. And and I swear the um <laughs> the scene at the end uh and and I was terrible with this episode, but I I'm pretty good typically about saying at the beginning of the episode that we will get fairly spoiler heavy with a discussion in the last two movies. But um the scene at the end where she's rounded up all the town zombies and she is wearing that fucking amazing outfit with the the spurs and she's got the hat and she's got her, I think it's a quadruple 
shotgun. She has one-upped his triple shotgun, or it might just be a triple shotgun. But I love that she's wearing her gas yeah, mask. It's, it's a triple. Okay, it is just a triple. She's got his triple shotgun. But I love that the gas yep. mask has her little tiara. It has a little tiara on the top of the gas mask. And yes. I wanted to cosplay that so fucking badly. I love but the it, fish queen. The fish queen is wonderful. And the other thing I really loved about it is, is it kind of twists everything on its end where, you know, you've got zombies. You're like, why did the zombies happen? I love, I love, <laughs> I love the moment with the aliens where the one alien isn't wearing his cloak and he's like, why don't you uh -huh. put on some clothes? And he's like, I'm comfortable with who I am. I, mm -hmm. It's just, you know, it's the most ridiculous things in the world that just are just so fucking hysterically funny. But it's wonderful. And it's a movie that's, it's paced well. Mm -hmm. Like, it's just a funny movie beginning to end. And like, even like the shitty characters, you kind of like them. Because they, like, it, it, I grew up in a really small town where you have those wackos, you know, you have like the weirder town members. And, you know, you want to hope that they're like, decent hearted. <laughs> you want to. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, Trump's America. Um, <laughs> onward. <laughs> so what else have you been like? Because uh, I know you love, you love zombie films. What else has been out there that you want to recommend to people that might be lesser known? Oh, okay. So Flight of the Living Dead. Okay. It was, uh, it came out around the the time when Snakes on a Plane came out. You know, I'm tired of these motherfucking snakes on this motherfucking plane. <laughs> and uh, so this one is a Flight of the Living Dead. And it's so much fun. It is such a blast. It's not, you know, it's not high art, but it is, it's a fun. ride. Mm -hmm. yeah. And then another one, uh, I mentioned it earlier, uh, Zombie Honeymoon. It's beautiful. It's it's this cute indie film. It came out like a billion kajillion years ago. Uh, you can see a lot of influence from like the film May into it. Ooh, that is a beautiful Ooh. film. Yeah, I love May, and I I think May came first. I could be wrong. I you know, but there's a lot of commonalities between the two, and it's about this married couple or. Yeah, they just got married, and the husband gets infected by a bog beach zombie. Mm -hmm. And so they're, like, going through their honeymoon while he is deteriorating and becoming a zombie. Mm. It's so good. It's so romantic, and it's so sweet, and it's cute, and it's gross. It's so gross. So it's I, – I love a good gross flick. Um Gosh, it's I have a whole shelf of zombie movies. Uh, the Cured was really good. Uh, I I I caught a lot of as far as The Cured goes. Who was the actress in it? She she was in Hard Candy. Oh, and um, she was she's in uh, Umbrella. Yeah, yeah. I can see she's like this little Ellen tiny Page. thing. Ellen, yeah, Ellen Page. She's lovely. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, she was in The Cured. It was really good. Um, I, I caught a lot of, and I, I, I could be wrong. I mean, I see gay and everything, so let's be real. Um, 
you know, might yeah. be, you know, one of those <laughs> things. But the call is coming from inside the house. But <laughs> uh, yes. I, I got a lot of home, like, like uh, almost like an in-between-the-lines reference of homosexuality and uh, it being ingrained in you and like your need to accept it, but it's like put in this way where it's like, you know, zombies and monsters Mm. and everything. And so it's like, it kind of straddles this area for me anyways, where it's like, I absolutely love it for the zombie film it is. And I love it for what I perceived as commentary of what society views homosexuality as, because homosexuality is very much treated in certain, you know, uh, areas of the world as something that's like a communicable disease yeah. that needs to be eradicated. Yep. So, but in this, it actually, they are monsters, but there, there's a symbolism there. You know yeah, what I mean? Exactly. That like, yeah. ultimately they're all human and everything else, but it, it's, it's a, it's a damn good film. It's really good. Um, let's see. Uh, you know, actually there's a film that I, upon rewatch, I have decided I liked and, um, I'm, I'm going to come out of the closet with it. I liked World War Z. Ooh. Uh, yeah, my first watch through, uh, it wasn't much for me. I, I really mm-hmm. liked the cat. The cat jumping was really fantastic. Like, <laughs> you know, pussy power and all that. But, uh... <laughs> yes. I watched it again, and... You know, it, it's it's a zombie movie that made it to theaters, and it had a huge name behind it. Yeah. And considering how very rarely that happens with zombie films in particular, yeah. um, I, is, I'm just grateful for that, and I think it deserves its own merit because of that alone. But which is really hard. surprising with the popularity of of The Walking Dead that they wouldn't see its value in people enjoying the story for entertainment. Right. It's, um, you know, I actually, I need to catch up on The Walking Dead. I'm a few years behind. So am I. Which is weird because like all I ever wanted was The Walking Dead to become a TV show. That was like, you know, and they finally did it and I was watching it and then I just kind of, I don't know. I think. I, I just personally hit a point where I was really enjoying it. Um, but it, it became so. And and the thing is, it's like whenever I've said this out loud, they're like, well, you should read the comics. They're even worse. But it just became so cruel to watch it that I lost the joy I had with watching it. Um, Though I hear that there's going to be, they're like coming up in their final season and that they're going to do the Carol and Daryl show, which I am 110% behind because Carol, Carol was the primary reason I watched that show is because I loved I loved her evolution through the show and that after having been, you know, a woman who was in an abusive relationship, but she didn't have this like saintly arc, like she became a human being that did actions based on her life's experience up to that point. And they might be viewed as exceedingly cruel outside of that, but it was because she'd had to have, make hard choices. And and that's yeah. why I, I fucking love, and plus everything that I've read from the actress makes me love her more. Um. <laughs> you know what's funny? 
I actually hate Carol. Oh no. <laughs> I hate her. Um, I, I mean, she's a great character to watch. Yeah. And for me, she's a great character to hate. No. Um, uh, her origin is, her origin is sympathetic. Like, mm -hmm. it's not like I'm unsympathetic to oh, her, yeah. but it's, there. there's this line that's crossed in, like, what the character is willing to do and isn't willing to do. And I think as she became stronger, I decided that I hated her even more because... Mm. She couldn't muster that strength to protect her daughter from her sexually deviant husband. And, but she was able to tap into it to survive herself. Yeah. <laughs> and um, that, that, was, that was my point for me where I was just yeah. like, I fucking hate this character and I want her to die, but she's not gonna because the characters I hate never die. So. <laughs> and a lot of them that we love do. Yeah. Oh God, yeah, it's yeah. um, it, it, it's it's a it's a really good show. I love the comics, you know. Um, but you know, it's I I I really love talking about Carol with other people because mm -hmm. seeing her different people's opinions are yeah, yeah, because she I feel like she is a very polarizing character. Yeah, and I think. Yeah, I just think there need to be more female characters like that. That well, just more female characters that are allowed to have different layers. Because I am, I am tired of anyone female being shoehorned into just a couple of different stereotypes. Uh, good with yeah. knives, good with guns, can kick. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, absolutely. Well, Michelle, it has been an absolute pleasure talking to you. And I just loved getting to see your face. <laughs> Losing Crypticon this year was hard. Was hard. Yeah. I mean, I do want everybody to be safe. And, and seeing how, I don't know if you're comfortable with me talking about the fact that you had COVID this year. And that how much you've, how much work you've had to do in your recovery. You know, I just wouldn't. I understand why we're shutting things down because it's like we don't want people to get sick. Um, but it's it's really hard not going to horror summer camp and hugging all of our friends that we only get to see once a year. It is, but um, it it was really scary. Yeah, uh, it having was it was scary. Um, you feel like your lungs are filled with wet fiberglass and. You know, it's you move around and you feel like you're gonna fall down on the ground and everything gets sparkly and dark around you and like you don't want it. It's not a hoax, you know what I yeah. mean? And yep. like so it's like I I'm really sad we missed Crypticon, but Crypticon will exist them another year. So much. They'll yeah. they'll still be there. And I love them and I love that unlike a lot of other conventions and festivals. They actually give a shit about everyone involved, including yeah. their like the people who are attending, like buying the tickets. Yeah. They're not just out for the cash. They're like, no, we're yeah. gonna stay safe. And they yeah. put on a great show online last weekend. So yeah. you know what I mean? It's yeah. I, I there's a reason I love them. They're like family and 
Um, if any of them are watching it, I love you so much and I can't wait to <laughs> hug you. All right. You take care and thank you for joining me. And for the listeners, I'll talk to you in two weeks. Thank you. Bye. Don't Read the Latin can be found at don'treadthelatin.com, on Twitter at drtlpodcast, on Tumblr, or at facebook.com slash don'treadthelatin. Please rate us on iTunes and tell your friends and themes about us. We're dying to meet them. Ha 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 ha